Hello and welcome to the Tech Edition podcast for November 28, 2017. I'm Kerry Brown and I'm here with my brother Clarence. How's it going, man? Going good, man. But obviously some of us are having more fun than others. <laughs> so where are you at, man? Tell us all about your trip. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Vegas. Um, posted up at the New York, New York at the moment. Um, this is where I'm staying this week. Okay. For, um, Amazon AWS reInvent, uh, conference this week. So learn about all the new stuff they have planned and, you know, maybe pick up a few things. I might even take a cert test later this week to try to get certified. But, um, my boss just walked up and asked me one day, he was like, um, how do you feel about going to a conference? I was like, sure. Okay. (laughs) And I was like, where is it? And he's like, it's the AWS conference in Vegas. I was like, heck yeah. (laughs) So is that like their mainline conference? Um, The AWS event, is that like the mainline conference or do they have more? Yeah. Reinvent, this is their, this is their E3 basically. I guess their, their big, their big, big conference. They make all their big announcements here. Um, there's keynotes like today, the, the keynote today was for the global partner summit. Um, basically it's geared towards, um, companies that are Amazon partners that offer services. So like, let's say you want to set up your, I don't know, your website, let's say you want to set up Techpedition in AWS, Uh um, there like Amazon has endorsed partners. Um, I think Accenture is one of them, just to give you an idea. And you go to them and say, I want to do X and AWS, and they tell you what to do. They have certified people and whatnot. But, yeah, that kicked off today. The VP um, actually was the headliner of the keynote. Uh, but the CEO actually did speak today. So um, he's he's actually pretty long-winded. And it's funny. He sounds like Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul. Like, he sounds exactly wait, wait, like – the CEO is Bezos, right? No, 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 no. no. Bezos is the uh, CEO of Amazon, but AWS oh. is is actually a subsidi- subsidiary. Sorry. Yeah. Wow, and, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, and they're – yeah, Amazon Web Services, Inc. And their CD- CEO, his name is Andy Jassy. And like, dude, I swear, he sounds exactly like Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul. Like really? YouTube, YouTube him, like some clips of him talking. Like I was just like grinning the entire time because he actually spoke at the um the Midnight Madness party that was um Saturday or Sunday night or Monday morning at twelve a.m. He actually spoke at that too, and that's why I originally was like, this dude sounds just like Better Call Saul Goodman. It's pretty funny. Cool. So, um, anything in particular that just jumped out at you is, is awesome, uh, so far in the conference? Well, um, <clears throat> they announced this thing called Amazon Sumerian at the Midnight Madness. Um, I just snapped a picture of it. I didn't, I wasn't really in reporter mode. So, um, basically what it is, is it's, um, it enables like any web developer, um, to build like augmented reality, virtual reality apps. Um, you can actually build like, you can like piggyback off their machine learning and their IOT stuff, like the facial recognition stuff that they have. And, um, you can actually build like a Cortana or, or whatnot, like an Alexa, like your own custom version of it. Huh. And, um, like you can talk to it. Like it was like cracking jokes and stuff. I mean, it was it was kind of goofy, but at the same time, they're doing stuff where you can like actually build like virtual environments in 3D. Um, I think they're gonna have an asset store where you can, if you're not into modeling yourself, you can buy like I don't know, like um, couches and 
chairs and whatever in 3D and like actually build your environment out. Now, uh, you said 3D. So is this like what platform is this geared towards? Is it, is it just like for Amazon devices or uh, is it? No, no, no. This is a, this is a, this is a web API. So oh. like you can build a web, you can build a website. Basically, if you don't know anything about VR and you know, for instance, like Node.js or I don't know exactly what languages it uses. Um, let's see here. Blah, 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 blah. But basically being a web developer, essentially what it means is being a web developer, you can build your own VR app. So for like, for, for example, for like, um, gear VR, you could build a website. Let's say you wanted to map out, like if we had a Techpedition office, you want to map out the Techpedition office and build it into like a VR app. Uh You could use Sumerian to do that. Um, or if you wanted to design like a, just a 3d environment for like people to look around or, you know, interact with, um, you can use their Sumerian API to actually do that. Um, and it just, it just makes VR and AR like way more accessible. Cause like now before this, you, you'd normally have to use something like unity or what's another, I guess unity would probably be the most popular thing you would use. Yeah. But he, he uses WebGL and, um, web VR. So, I mean, it's, it can you it's compatible with Daydream, HTC Vive, iOS, Oculus. It's compatible with everything just yeah. about. It'll, it'll run in any browser. Yeah, it seems like even if someone did want to put it in an app, it seems like they maybe could wrap it. You know, the one the do one of the web wrapper apps maybe if they wanted to mm-hmm. make it seem a little bit more native. Yeah. It, so that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty freaking yeah. cool. So that in itself is cool, but like I said, when you add into you add into all the other Amazon like cloud services, like like I said, their IoT stuff with like facial recognition and the machine learning um, that Amazon has, which is which is I, I feel like it's probably the premier you know machine learning um, interface. There's just so many other things, which I guess that's the appeal of AWS in general that I'm learning. It's not just that they have like virtually 100% uptime for their like EC2 instances, which that's Elastic Cloud Compute where, you know, you can spin up a VM, you know, and like run it as a, it really is a web server, but they have like all these other different like um, products that you can use as well. Like you don't even need to like build a server anymore. They have this um, product called AWS Lambda where you can just pretty much, you know, just use it to run your app and you don't have to worry about maintaining a server or like patching it or any of the other crap. So, I mean, there's just, there's just so many different products that, I mean, I feel like I am as a shield right now, but it's just, <laughs> it's just like, I had no idea that they had so much stuff going on. And, um, I've been playing around in AWS for like the last year, but I feel like there's some stuff that we can definitely use for our site and, you know, beyond. So I'm really yeah. excited to see what else is going on. It's funny how AWS is like the backbone for so many things, but people oh, yeah. don't really realize it. You know, of yeah, course, ne- Netflix t- runs on AWS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of startups do, you know, the bigger startups. But I mean, I feel like us as tech people, we know about it, but like the normal people, they don't think of Amazon having anything to do with the backbone <laughs> of the internet, you know? It's, it's so funny you mentioned it because like, um, when I found out I was going to this conference and I talked to my wife about it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to this AWS Amazon conference. And she's like, yeah, you know, she's like, <laughs> why? She's like, why do you have to go to Vegas? And like, she really wasn't happy, but like, I'm here. And, um, she called me yesterday and she was like, wow, like I, I did some research on, on AWS <laughs> and like, I like, 
it's it's a really big deal that you're out. And I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is a big deal. I was like, I didn't I didn't sit here and explain it to her because like I just felt like I'd make her eyes glaze over or something. So I thought it was really cool that she took like that initiative on her own and yeah. research, figure out, you know, how important it is. That is cool. Have you seen any celebrities slash uh, tech elite people there, maybe? Um, I haven't seen any Leo Laporte, but um, uh, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> he 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 DJed the Midnight Madness party um Sunday night, so like that was interesting. Wow, um, Shaq. <laughs> yeah, he had a Superman shirt on, and oh, he gosh. was like, he was like, "What's up, AWS?" He's like, "You're the what's up, Amazon?" He's like, "I love Amazon. Like, you're the number one company. Give yourself a hand." And like the whole time, I'm thinking, like, they didn't brief you on it. This did did <laughs> did they? Because like we don't work for Amazon. <laughs> oh man! Like, I think funny. he th- I think he thought it was like an Amazon Amazon party. Yeah, yeah. Because he was talking to the whole crowd like they were Amazon. I'm like, no. That's, that's funny. <laughs> hey, you got a little shack though, right? Yeah, it was, it was cool. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Him and um Charles Barkley cracked me up on this side of NBA. Oh man, they they now have you know Facebook is doing like their own version of YouTube. So oh they are yeah. Well, it's sort of like their own first party shows that you know people oh, still yeah, produce, yeah. but they put it on their platform. The short form stuff they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So there's a show instead of inside the NBA, it's called outside the NBA. Oh, and, that's on Facebook. Yeah, that's on Facebook. And there's like, okay. there's like short takes. I guess they may record after, you know, they have a broadcast or whatever, but they had the one episode where, uh, where Shaq ate the hot chip. Oh, the one chip <laughs> challenge. <laughs> oh my God. That was freaking hilarious. Yeah. That was, hilarious. that was, that was a really good one. <laughs> he was like, this is nothing to me. <laughs> he, he he held his own for a good minute or two before he lightened or died. But hey, <laughs> he messed up. He messed up drinking the water. That's what messed him up. Oh man, milk need the emulsify. <laughs> oh dude. Yeah. So so uh, I guess we can get into some more of the stories. Uh, what's up with this Windows ditching or going to set slash tabs? I yeah, really weird. And I have some thoughts, but I'll let you go ahead and explain. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, these days, uh, tabs are all the rage, I guess. Um, so, you know, you have, uh, Chrome OS. I think that's what it's called. And basically, um, I was going to get my, my niece wanted a Chromebook for, I actually bought it and then she got in trouble and I couldn't give it to her because she got in some, I don't really want to get into it, but she got in some pretty big trouble. So I ended up taking it back. But anyway, like tabs are all the rage now, you know, all the major browsers have tabs. Um, like I said, Chrome OS is pretty much based on tabs for the most part. And Microsoft, they have this interface called Microsoft Sets. And um it's gonna roll it's rolling out. It's like a tabbed application view. So instead of like your toolbar, you have tabs with like your documents and your Spotify and like all that stuff is basically, you know, you go through it with tabs. And I, I think this is more for like Windows 10 store stuff. Like I haven't, I've read too much about it, but it looks like Microsoft's plan is to eventually like roll this into the OS, which scares me a lot. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I, I I think it could be cool uh, if if the view that it pulls in the next tab is actually native to that app that is coming from. You know, one of the things I hate about mobile, like when I go to I say the Twitter app or the the Facebook app. 
when I click on a web page, it doesn't open Chrome. It opens that page in YouTube or in uh, Facebook. And that's a little annoying because it doesn't pick up on a lot of the native things that are built into Chrome itself. So yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to like this. I guess I'll wait and see the how, how they actually implement it. But but I find myself all the time on mobile if I'm in the Twitter app or the Facebook app actually hitting that little button in the corner to like opening Chrome, you know? So, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Microsoft is trying new things. So I, I guess we can congratulate them on that. But, you know, as as we've seen in recent times, their UI tweaks have not always been the best. <laughs> Not yeah, right. it's like it's like Windows in the interface is like they don't need to mess with it. Like you you would you <laughs> yeah. would think from the whole Windows 8 debacle that they would not be trying to, you know, but I feel like they're treating this like Sony treated um portable media or storage for like the longest time. Like they just kept throwing stuff out like memory stick. Um you uh, what was the disc for the um PSP whatever it was called? Yeah. Um Oh, like they were throwing, yeah. they were throwing out mini discs. Like they were throwing out all these different formats, and then eventually Blu Ray stuck. But it's like, quit trying to like you. You might have one hit out of like a hundred misses, and like you don't want to ruin your customer base. Like they're lucky that you know people. Well, they're lucky that they decided that you know not to do anything crazy for Windows Ten because yeah. I feel like a lot of people were on the breaking point to where if they would have pooped on you know if they would have laid another egg, oh, I yeah. feel like a lot of people would have either gone to like Unix or to Mac because I mean it's especially after the fiasco known as Windows eight, which yes. I, I had Windows eight. I thought it was okay. Did it have major problems? Yes. The menu was the, the old start menu uh re envisioning was quite horrible. Uh but I got used to it. I thought it was fine. But but yeah, it always scares me because really if you get down to it, Windows seven was pretty darn perfect. Yeah. And and the only thing they really needed to do in my opinion was just make it look prettier. But instead mm-hmm. they tried they're trying these new paradigm shifts of how you actually use the device. And those don't always work. <laughs> and, yeah. And and leave it to Microsoft to give us something that, you know, just is just calling out to crap on it because it's just not good. <laughs> you know, I mean it's just and, and and Apple does similar things. iOS has changed vastly from when it was first introduced. It's it's you know it's 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 the same but different. You know you, we don't have a home button on the new iPhone, which I played with by the way uh, this week a uh, couple days ago. But but oh, you know nice. but but you know it's it's just that you have to ease people into stuff. But these tabs might work. I'm gonna give it a try. I think it's in the current. Uh, 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 Windows Insider branch, uh, for people to try out. But, but yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah. come on, my Microsoft, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and to me, like, as long as they don't make it clunky, it'll be okay. Because like my whole problem with Windows 8 wasn't necessarily the tiles or the interface. It was just like super, super clunky. Yeah. And like, I run into this every day when I'm at work because we still have some server 2012s oh. that aren't, that aren't R2. We like R2. <laughs> Like R2, where they fix the start menu in 2012 R2, but in like vanilla 2012, it's yes. like I have a I have a freaking uh, Dell server. It's got freaking like 64 gigs of RAM. It's got 24 cores on it. And when I click that, well, when I hover to the bottom left hand corner and the little button appears for start, when I click that, and I I have to like 
search for my application. It's just so freaking clunky. Like it makes me want to throw my throw my phone up to against the wall. It's now, just ugh. now I will admit if you just hit the start button and start typing, you'll find your app way quicker than trying to look through a menu. That's what I do. That's what I did when I had Windows eight. It's just like a power tip. <laughs> but yeah. but that but that being said, I'd hit the start button and do that. You know, anytime on the, I'm on a twenty two up server, I'm in a VM or in Windows uh remote connection manager or whatever. And I can't hit the start button, so it's just a pain to have to go down there and find and hit the start yeah. button with the with the mouse, and then start typing. You know, it, it takes the intuitiveness out of it when you're in a VM to me. But I don't know. Yeah, what I what I've started doing on some of our servers is just installing Chocolatey. Have you ever heard of that? Oh yeah, package manager is awesome. Yeah, it's just so it makes it so, well really Chocolatey. App, if app you, if you don't, yeah, yeah. So if like even on your home machine, I have it on my laptop, and it just makes it so much easier to find apps. And I'm just that much more encouraged to use it on yeah. Windows 2012. Yeah, sort of. Uh, well, you are you talking about find apps in the scope of launching them, <laughs> or just that it's used to download apps, right? Um. Yeah, you can use it as a package manager, and you can use the launch apps too. Ah, I didn't um, know that. I didn't so, know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's much better than. So so man, if if I were to tell you that Apple has the best security ever, the best security in the computer industry, <laughs> bar none. Yeah, I think they kind of screwed the pooch with this one. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've like this. Uh, it's so funny. Like, I'll talk to Apple loyalists. It was really bad when I was um working in my first job out of college. Uh, the app rep came and he like blew all this smoke up my tech directors behind, and and then they were like, they were like all about having Macs, man. It was like Mac or bus. So we rolled out all these Macs to like this Windows Server 2003 environment. Which was like, you know, square peg, round hole. It just, it was so cumbersome. But the whole, their whole motivation was Macs don't get viruses. This will be much more secure. And I'm like, the, the reason Macs don't have viruses, and I've said this for years, is just because of installed base. Like you're, you're wasting your time writing a virus for Mac. But in this case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't even have to write one. Yeah, so apparently the hack goes something like you type in admin at the screen and keep hitting the escape button and it'll just log you in or something. To yeah. Yeah, so if you go to the, I think, well, the equivalent to the control panel, I can't remember what it's called, like the system settings. Uh-huh. If you go in there and like a lot of times to go in there, you have to like log in as root or an admin user. So basically, yeah, the prompt comes up. You just type root in and just keep clicking a button and eventually. Uh-huh. Wow. With no password, eventually. And I have a friend, my friend Steven, uh, in Kansas City. Um, he actually verified it on his high Sierra Mac. So he was like, be careful, guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all that being said, it, it still always puzzles me because, you know, Apple does have a bug bounty program and you can get a crap ton of money for submitting, uh, or do they? They do have a bug bounty program, don't they? Oh, it's invite only. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's invite only. So the normal person can't get into it, I think, which is really weird. So they have an invite only bug program, bug bounty program, which I don't really understand that. But in any case, you know, this, this vulnerability could have gotten a high dollar amount from Apple. Oh, yeah. If you were in that invite only bug bounty program. But uh, it turns out somebody just released it on Twitter, you know? Yeah, it should be interesting. I wonder how. Well, it usually the funny thing about Apple is they patch often, so it 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 shouldn't take them too long to patch this. But yeah, 
it's still pretty it's still a pretty bad look because this is just like a bonehead vulnerability you know yeah. it's not like it's not like you're act, you're hacking an ActiveX control on Internet Explorer <laughs> like even that takes like like a minimum amount of effort this is just keep clicking the login button yeah that is that's a weird one dude that's a pretty freaking weird bug wow and who knows what the root cause is it but yeah <laughs> oh man somebody's getting fired over there so uh moving on to a little mobile goodness um so PUBG is about to reach what 1.0 pretty pretty soon next month maybe yeah very soon yes they're adding vaulting <laughs> finally and uh yeah that's on the PC as well as the Xbox Xbox 1 I mean Xbox One X. So, mm-hmm. so we're having it coming out next month. But man, hey, uh, are you willing to play some PUBG on mobile? Is that tickle your fancy? <laughs> yeah. So when I saw this, I was like, "What the heck?" Like, I can barely play this game on a PC. Like, how, <laughs> how is it gonna work on a mobile? Like, I just, yes. I, I have no idea. They, they can dumbify, but it is a, it is an ultra complicated control wise PC game. I, 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 to to me, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just I, I I guess they will figure it out. I mean, apparently there's a bunch of clones, oh, PUBG really? clones. Um, on there's a bunch of clones on <laughs> uh, mobile already. <laughs> Grand Battle Royale, Pixels Unknown Battleground. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, wow. Battle Game Royal, Last Battleground. Yeah, there's a bunch of clones already, That's but funny. I just. I would imagine it would be slower paced, but at the same time, like, I just don't see myself getting as stressed playing this on the phone. Yeah. Just- yeah. Very, very, like, again, control wise, complicated and stressful game. Not even stressful in the bad sense, but is there somebody walking up behind me that I don't see where I'm going to land to, to, to stay away from the crowds? Where I'm going to yeah. find a weapon. It's, it's, I need to get back on it because I really, I really enjoy playing, but yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's a different beast. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to see them venturing out in a new territory, I guess. Yes. And, um, I guess, uh, to stay on, on video games for a moment, uh, we're having a Bungie, um, Destiny, Destiny 2 trial coming out on all platforms, which is pretty cool. Indeed, indeed. Apparently, you'll be able to play um, quick play uh, uh, Crucible for. I I think it's just capped on level, and you'll be able to just play forever. You can only you can only level up to level seven though. Ah, But still, you know, if you're thinking about trying a game out, that's 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 a pretty nice demo. Yeah, that is. It's really, really cool that they're doing this. And I, th- I believe they did something similar with Destiny 1 because a lot of people, I mean, it, and that's, I guess it's a whole nother, nother conversation because a lot of whiny gamers have been dumping on Destiny and it's like, oh, they're not selling any copies. So they're releasing the deal. No, they did the same thing yeah. with Destiny 1. It's like, yeah. it's like, I think like gamers in general have just become super, super entitled. And sometimes it's justified because I feel like with the EA thing, it was somewhat justified. I feel like people took it way too far, but now that the whole EA thing is over, I feel like <laughs> something the, else to the, crap the, yeah, the bandwagon is jumping towards destiny. And I mean, hardcore destiny players have been complaining about the game since it came out. And it's like, you take, you take a, 30 hour, 20 hour game and you sit there and you binge it in two nights and then you complain that you don't have anything to play. Like there's yeah. nothing, 
this girl's in the do. See, like I, I just recently beat Destiny two like a couple days ago, and I've had it since it came out on PC, which is about a month. Yeah, or so. yeah. Which it's which, been a while. Which is funny to me why people even fussing about this trial. What the game's been out on on consoles for two months and on PC for a month, so it's kind of natural that they release a trial at this point. I, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, my thing is people are so like. Like hardcores are so gung ho about finishing something and saying they're the first person to finish it or, um, you know, getting the high score or whatever, finishing the raid first that, you know, once they blow through the game and there's nothing to do, I was like, like these people like have to go home and eat and like they have <laughs> lives. Like you, you can't yeah. like fault them for not. And I mean, it, they, you already know they're going to release stuff sequentially and like expansions and stuff. So it's like, if you blow, if you know this already and you blow through the game in one night, how was that Bungie's fault? I mean, I, I literally played a couple hours here and there and I, I finally finished the game and I loved it. It was, it was so much fun. And like, while I was playing the campaign, I didn't play any crucible. And now that I'm done with the campaign, I've been playing crucible and I love it. It's just, it's so much fun and it's so much easier to control with the mouse and keyboard. Like I don't even know at this point, if I could play destiny on a console. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the, the uh, ultra hardcore people complaining <laughs> after they beat the game first few days, no content. What's, what's up with this, uh, curse of Osiris, uh, backlash. Okay, so basically what's going on with this is in in even in this it's somewhat justified because Bungie's trying to like basically when you um once you hit level 20 every time you gain enough experience to hit a level you don't you know you don't go past 20 yet because I think the cap gets raised to 25 in Curse of Osiris but you get a bright Ingram and um basically what what in theory what you can do is just grind the public events uh-huh. And um, just keep leveling up and getting bright engrams. Um, and what a bright engram does, it doesn't even technically technically give you any gear. It just gives you mods for um guns and armor, and it gives you possibly another ship or another um sparrow. Um, there's, I mean, yeah, the mods kind of help. Um, but it's people are complaining that it's play to win, but I mean, it's not like you can go in there and buy weapons. Yeah. You know, you still have to. Which I guess you could you could grind the bright engrams down into bright dust and then use that to buy some of the weapons. So maybe, but even with that, where where Bungie messed up is so the way they're doing it is um what they were doing was for the experience for the game. If you play longer and more difficult events like a um like a raid, for instance, you get a whole bunch of XP at the end and it's like uncapped because you spent this long, long time doing this. But if you do these short form like public events, what what Bungie did was they capped the XP that you could get. So instead of getting 100 percent XP, you get like just just I'm generalizing here. But so say so if you grind a whole bunch of public events instead of getting that 100% of XP that it shows you, it was actually only giving you like 60% or it was only giving you like 20 or 60. It was, it wasn't giving you all of it and it was saying that, it would. That sounds like a bug though. Is that not a bug? Uh, was that their intention? Uh, stick, stick with me here. So the only reason people found out about this is because of one hardcore dude on Reddit. I can't remember the thing. <laughs> he actually, he freaking plotted all the experience he like got and wow. then like, for some reason, like somehow he was able to figure out that the, the XP was getting capped. And um they raised wow. a big stink about it on, on Reddit. And and 
In this one, yes, like the anger is justified yeah. in this case. Wow. And um, so like there's a huge backlash over this right now. Bungie eventually, once once people found him out, like it was intentional. Like once people found him out, they stated what their intentions were, and then they rolled it back. So now so, the XP is uncapped, and you can get experience equally from no matter what events you're doing. But I mean, people are still pissed. So I mean, does does Destiny have microtransactions? What would be their motivation to cap people from these events uh, instead of giving them hundred percent? There definitely is a financial um, incentive here because there's a store called the Eververse, and basically, like there was an Eververse in Destiny One, but basically it was for like cosmetic stuff like emotes and stuff that you could actually pay money and get like bright dust, which is like the quote unquote currency and uses bright dust to buy. Um, is it called bright dust? What is it called? I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank here. Okay. So basically there's, Oh, silver. That's what it's called. Not bright dust. So you buy silver in your store and then you can purchase these bright Ingrams. And um, basically, you can either take the items or you can... Uh, let's see. Bright dust, bright dust, bright dust. Basically, you can take this bright dust and, like, actually, like, get, like, weapons with it. Okay. So, um, basically, you have a chance. Like, the justification here is, like, even if you don't spend money, you're still going to be getting these bright Ingrams. Um, gotcha. That makes sense. And so you can use them. So if you, you dismantle, like you could dismantle these legendary items that you get from the Eververse store. Um, they're not weapons and you can get bright dust from them. And, um, basically the thing is like that, I, I, I'm assuming that they didn't want people to, to be able to like hoard this bright dust. Uh huh. So that's why they institute this whole cap. You yeah, know, so yeah. it sits at a certain level, and then if you want more, you basically buy it. Um, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. So. I mean, if if they're going behind the scenes in the code and showing a hundred percent, and you're only getting you know as low as twenty, I think that that's just shysty, man. Why? <laughs> and if they're getting any back backlash from that, yeah, I agree with you. That seems totally justified. Yeah, so basically tonight they were going to have a Curse of Osiris because the the expansion launch it's already launched already if you buy, if you buy the season pass but it launches standalone I think like next week so like December fifth I believe is when it launches standalone and they were going to have a live stream but like they're so concerned about like this backlash that they're going they're <laughs> they're actually instead of doing this stream they're going to spend all their energy preparing a response. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> I guess they don't want the most downvoted Reddit post or something. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're probably really, really, really afraid of being the next EA with the whole Battlefront thing, which don't get me wrong. Like, this is bad, but it's nowhere near as bad as Battlefront because, like, Battlefront was a straight up pay to win game, like straight up. Yeah, like, there, there was no um, there was no nuance there. And I mean, even with the with a bright dust, you can't you can't actually buy weapons. You can buy emotes, you can buy sparrows, you can buy ships, um, you can even buy armor, but like you can't buy weapons. So, um, eh, yeah, it's, it's shady. Like, don't get me wrong, it's shady. Yeah, it's like, I'm not shady. gonna say I'm not gonna say and try to defend Bungie for this. You know, as far as my other Destiny issues, I do feel like fanboys are just being whiny, but this pretty justified. So, 
Will it hurt the sales of the game? Probably. It'll probably hurt the sales of the expansion. But the good thing about the expansion, at least for them, is you had a bunch of crazy people that bought the expansion when they bought the game. So I'm sure they have plenty of units sold already. So it won't be as big of a blow to them. But, I mean, it's certainly a blow from a PR perspective. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of sales, so we've had our, um, we've had our, uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And, uh, just to talk a bit about what it meant to, as far as online sales, it was the biggest day ever for online sales and mobile sales in the U.S. online, uh, coming in at 6.59 billion in total while sales on mobile broke 2 billion, which is just freaking ridiculous. Um, so did you partake in any of the Cyber Monday shopping? I did not, but I got two <laughs> words. I got, I got, I got something on Black Friday though. Cool. What uh, you got on Black Friday? I was able to procure a unique Breeze 4K drone with the controller. Uh, it's my quote unquote Christmas gift from my <laughs> wife. So I haven't technically opened it yet. So I'm probably going to wait until Christmas. Well, I am going to wait to Christmas because she asked me to. Um, I don't think she would have protested that much if I said I wanted to open it, but I figured I'd wait. So I'll have it when I'm down in Mississippi. So what what are some of the unique fe- features to this drone? Uh, well, it's 4K. It's it's a smaller drone. Um, Can it be carried out by the wind? Um, it's got a GPS sensor, so yeah, it's okay. It's it's able to like if it does, it can hover. And it hover, like it keeps its position by GPS. So if the wind starts to blow, it can, you know, reorient itself. Whereas a lot of the cheaper drones I've flown, you know, once they catch the wind, they just either they're not powerful enough to fly back and they just don't realize that (laughs) they're off course because they don't there's no way for them to know. Um, (laughs) And. Like the 4K video is pretty shaky from what I've read, but it has 1080p stabilization. Ah. So basically what it does is it takes that 4K frame and it cuts out a chunk of 1080p to keep the um, image from shaking around. So I'll probably be shooting a lot of 1080p stuff with it and not 4K. Yeah. Also, uh, if you have Adobe Premiere, there's a warp stabilizer uh, video video. feature thing that you can throw on your video and that should give it a little bit more stabilization too. Just a power oh, wow. <laughs> Nice. That's pretty cool. So did you partake in any other uh, Black Friday specials? Um, well, I bought a, oh, I'll take it back. I did buy something on Cyber Monday. I bought a drag, I brought me and my nephew a Dragon Ball Z shirt that oh, Funimation, sweet. Funimation was selling on their site. It's like normally a $20 shirt. They were selling it for $4.99. How so. dare you not tell me about that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's got the dragon on it. It's a really cool shirt. Um, but I completely forgot to oh, my bad, my bad, Martin. I forgot. <laughs> That's okay, dude. That's okay. But yeah, I feel like the the um the growth in cyber shopping has everything to do with fast shipping. Like, yeah. Um, you have you have Amazon with their two day and one way one day and same day in in certain um markets. <laughs> um, but now like Walmart's finally starting to feel the threat of Amazon, especially with them buying for Whole Foods. So now, if you buy something off Walmart.com, you get free two day shipping. Like it's just yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and you know Walmart bought um Jet.com, which is another uh it it it's an retailer that just kind of blew up out of nowhere. And they 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 offered free two day shipping as well. So, 
Yeah, and uh, just some of the hot items from Cyber Monday. Uh, a lot of electronic devices like uh, Google Chromecast, Roku devices, Apple iPads, Samsung tablets, AirPods, PlayStation VR heads, headsets, and uh, yeah, I guess Super Mario Odyssey was the best-selling video game. And the Nintendo yeah. Switch and Xbox One X were the most popular consoles. And they didn't have to discount them, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. People yeah. just, they give it, give it to me. Give me. Yeah. Me wants. There probably was, I, I, I suspect there was not enough to fill demand. That's just my guess. Oh, yes. I would, I would, you know, agree with that assessment. <laughs> cool. Selling like hotcakes. <laughs> so, man, we do want to finish up with some more, uh, AWS announcements. I know we talked about Sumerian already. Uh, do you want to talk about Private Link? Yeah. Yeah. So this is really cool. Um, so let's say, um, you're using like a software, a SaaS or something like, um, uh, something like Salesforce yeah, or software as a service. Um, yeah. Or like an Autodesk or who else? Smartwatch Cloud. That's another one. Um, there's another one. Uh, is it SAP? Yeah, SAP. Um, they have some, um, I'm thinking of another one that we use at my job that I can't think of. ADP is another one. I'm not sure if they're on AWS, but basically these are applications that basically you really only use them internally and, um, they still have to travel over the internet. Yeah. So let's say they still have to travel the open internet. And, you know, if you have a private, just, I don't even know if Jira is compatible with this, but that's just another example. So if you have a Jira instance and you don't, you, you're only using it for like internal bug tracking, there's no reason for that to hit the internet. And that's, it used to not be a problem because you had your own data center and your own Jira on your own server and it never hit the outside internet. So now with like all these companies moving to the cloud and offering SaaS services from from the cloud, which you know, you know, when you go all in cost, it's usually cheaper. Um, if you're hosting an internal application like this, it has to hit the internet to get to you um, yeah. from AWS. And a lot of of their partners ask for this. So basically, what this is, Private Link is, it's hosted in the cloud. It's like a it doesn't, yeah. Essentially is what it is. It's 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 hosted in the cloud, but it doesn't travel the internet. It, there's a direct link from your server or your network edge to hmm. AWS, so it doesn't travel. How across do they accomplish the- that? That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Is and- it like a? Uh- uh, what do you call it? Do you, they have like a, a the fiber trunk or something that's directly connected? I'm, I'm trying to figure out how that actually works. Yeah, so. I, yeah. I didn't really get into the details of it, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure how they accomplished this exactly. Yeah. Um, we, we do something similar, uh, at the ISP I work for, for our business customers. We have our own data center though. So it's not like we're, it's not software as a service really, but it, there are some services we can pull into our data center and host it there, you know, uh, we have hosted products, which is again not really software as a service, but it doesn't really hit the true quote unquote internet because it remains within our network till it gets to the customer. Yeah, so, that's 
So it's pretty much exactly that exact thing. Um, I'm reading through the press release again. It says traffic between the customer's virtual private cloud in AWS and the AWS private link power service stays within AWS network and doesn't traverse the Internet. Reducing the threat vectors such as brute force, DDoS, blah, blah, blah. Services supported on private link are delivered using private IP connectivity and security uh, groups. Okay, okay. So functions like, yeah. I was going to say they have some type, there's some, there's some type of their own layer on top of it that prevents it is what I'm guessing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Like those are two big announcements they made over the past few days. I imagine tomorrow when the CEO does his keynote tomorrow morning or is it tomorrow morning? Yeah. Tomorrow morning there'll be some, you know, it's probably some higher profile announcements made, but so far those are the two that stuck out to me. Cool. And what about the, uh, did we talk about the partnership with, the uh, oh. VMware? Oh yeah. I, f- I forgot about this. So yeah, today, well, actually last year they announced a partnership with VMware because, you know, VMware is, was probably pooping in their pants when <laughs> AWS blew up because I mean, that's their business and they had two choices. They could fight VMware. I mean, they could fight AWS or they could try to partner with them and they smartly chose to partner with them and they announced the services last year. And basically what you can do is you can have your vSphere, um, which is what, you know, you use to manage VMware. And there's like a hybrid cloud to where you can actually take your VM, your VMs and just kick them up to the Amazon cloud and oh. still manage them with like VMware's management software, wow. which is really, which is really, really cool. And um, that actually started, I think in August is when they started it. And they just announced like some more migration tools and some more DR tools. So basically what you can do is you have your VMware in your data center. And what you can do is have your, your VMware cloud on the other side of the United States and that can be your DR. Oh. So you just you just rep, you just replicate your VMs out to like the Amazon VMware cloud or whatever you want to call it. And it's running on AWS. And and, I'm assuming you mean data recovery recovery by DR disaster recovery disaster. So okay. you so me. your data your your data <laughs> your data center goes down and your VMs are sitting in the Amazon cloud ready to you know kick off and start. So that's pretty it, cool. It's just a layer of abstraction in a way that will make people not as nervous about moving to the cloud. Cause not so much as the job I'm working now, because we use mostly Hyper-V, but in my previous job, like everything was VMware. And one of their, one of their pain points with moving to the cloud was, you know, we got all this stuff in VMware. Like, how are we, what are we going to do? Like, there's no VM. Well, now there is, there is VMware cloud. Now <laughs> there wasn't last year or until like August of this year. It's just one more thing to like encourage people to move to the cloud. Cause I mean, Amazon's going all in on the cloud, man. Like it's, it, it's pretty crazy. I didn't realize how deeply invested they are in, in cloud technology and advancing it. And I mean, they're, they're all in on IOT and everything. Like it's crazy. That is pretty freaking ridiculous, dude. And awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, I will ask you real quick. Do you have any parting gifts, gifts, any other thing that you want to shout out, whether it be a movie or uh, anything in tech that you want to just sh- give a shout out to before we, before we wrap things up? Um, not, <laughs> not really. Um, I'll, you know, I've been making like some posts here and there. So, 
if anything, you know, keep a lookout for anything big because I'll definitely make a post. I mean, it won't be, I won't have a novel written under it, but I'll definitely, you know, call it out if they announce anything else big. So I guess just stay tuned to the Techpedition Facebook page and to our Twitter for any more Amazon announcements if that's your thing. And, you know, see you guys next week. Very, very quick. Techpedition. Very, very quick. Techpedition. Very, very quick. Expedition. Very, very quick. Expedition. I can't, I can't beat that. <laughs> I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.